0: so I guess you have to see within yourself what you're comfortable doing and then you will slowly adapt into into your own business as it matures I would say so yeah I I guess start with what you want and how you feel like you can achieve because in the end it's it's profits and money but it's also a little bit of your business and it's something that you have built which is which will be the best part of it I would say We are
1: now at episode 49, so next week we will be relaunching our podcast to celebrate 50 episodes, I cannot believe we've managed to get through 50 episodes, Um, but they've all been amazing and it's been a journey and it's been a process and it's been lots and lots of learning. And to celebrate this humongous milestone, we will be organising a giveaway for anyone who's interested in winning our Doctors in Industry online course, and that's lifetime access to this online course. What is it all about? Well, you may have heard me talk about it a lot, um, especially in the last year, but this course is all about helping doctors upskill and moving to industry faster. So whether that's for you, whether it's for someone that you know, Do not miss out. So there will be more information about this giveaway at episode 50 next week. And that is only going to be available for the day it's released for 24 hours. So that is Sunday, the first day of October. Check it out. Let's face it burnout amongst doctors is sky high and we're actively seeking other ways to make the most of our transferable skills beyond the usual career pathways. Welcome to Disrupting Doctors' Careers. I'm your host, Dr. Abena bubbs jones and I'm on a mission to connect one million doctors across the world with the best in diverse career opportunities. So we are back. We are in the land of aesthetics, another really popular career opportunity for doctors. And I have the pleasure of inter- I'm say introducing. You know, we've we've worked with these ladies for time for time. You can see some other webinars uh, where they feature and share their experience. But we've got Suming and Suba, who are co-founders of Safe App which is an amazing all-in-one solution for doctors or clinicians if you are building your aesthetics business, but also for people or patients who are looking to find high-quality services. So two sides of marketplace, all-in-one app. They're amazing entrepreneurs. They've got true grit, and I've learned so much from them over the last few years. Um, so I brought them in because they are experts in aesthetics. So welcome ladies.
2: Hi. Thank you so much Avina. Hello everyone. <laughs>
1: Hi. Welcome. So let's get started. So we're going to talk mainly about aesthetics as a side hustle versus aesthetics as a lucrative career. So as you know, particularly now, yeah, most of us doctors, we're looking for other opportunities, whether it's full-time or part-time, but also opportunities that don't take a lot of energy but can enable us to get another form of income alongside all of the other things that we love to do. So, let's get started on just understanding more about why would a doctor consider aesthetics as an option.
2: I think for a lot of people looking to sort of do something outside just purely the NHS work, aesthetics seems to be quite a popular option because first of all, it is your own personal business. So, you're empowered in managing your own time. Uh, but yeah, at the same time, from a more technical point of view, you're able to still continue using your sciencey brain, but also have an, an artistic flair as well in terms of like, you know, with the injections and things, you're able to achieve a lot that is, might not necessarily be something that you're able to do in your NHS practice, unless obviously you're sort of like maybe in a plastic surgery setting or in a fact setting. So I think it gives people that option and also just something else to explore outside maybe a more sort of like less exciting NHS career.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I mean, I'd love to hear more about that because actually recently I've really been elevating the whole idea of mixing creativity with science, Mm -hmm. which I think historically has been underappreciated particularly within our profession but actually is a really important combination of a skill set that can be used in many sectors. Can you tell me a little bit more about how someone could really in aesthetics how they could use those skills combine them and do really well um, in an aesthetics practice
2: and how does it work for you guys? I think that's a really good question because at this time where aesthetics is gaining a lot of popularity. There's obviously a lot of people who are non-healthcare professionals who are doing these aesthetic procedures. And I think as clinicians and as healthcare professionals with uh, knowledge of anatomy and the ability to manage complications and work well under stress, it's really something that if you're interested in, uh, in aesthetics, it's really something that you should sort of like market yourself um, to to practice aesthetics because in a way what we don't want is um, for non-healthcare professionals to be you know gobbling up all these opportunities where as clinicians as healthcare professionals you are you know you, you have the right knowledge you have the right ability to be doing these procedures so what we don't want is for healthcare professionals to be missing out on this opportunity to first of all increase the safety profile in the non-surgical aesthetics industry, but also a real good opportunity for them to have a side hustle and also gain some extra income whilst working in their NHS practice. It's by no means um, a saying that you have to leave your NHS practice to do this. It's something that we're highly promoting for healthcare professionals to be able to juggle alongside their NHS work.
0: And I think like the creativity part that you are talking about would come in terms of like how you kind of start a business because um, that needs a little bit of creativity, I would mm-hmm. say, when it comes to like marketing yourself. A little yourself. bit, super. Yeah. <laughs> I think you've got to be <laughs> a creative in all aspects of business, so you? really. Yeah, That is true. And um, I guess like what people tend to forget when they go into aesthetics and I feel like this is a very common question is that question that we get from people that are starting off they forget that it's starting a business too not only going for courses to get your skills um, they they tend to forget that you need to know how to start a business like how to market yourself in their mind they're thinking like I'm gonna go for these courses and all these patients are just gonna come to me and 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 that's not how it, wo- how it works unfortunately and then I think that's when your creative juices need to start pumping and you need to think of ways on how you should get uh, patients to yourself um, how you can market yourself because working in the NHS and working outside of the NHS are very different like it's it's just a different set of skills that you need yes it's an extension of your current NHS skills when it comes to injecting and um, knowing your anatomy but then the set of skills that you need outside of the NHS is really different in terms of like um maybe communication skills which we have, but we can kind of adapt it. And um, I, w- I would say marketing—that's where your your main yeah. creativity will come into play. Yeah, I think I think
2: us like running a business has really highlighted this as something really really crucial, but not necessarily something that you're aware of before you actually start running a business on its on your own. Because until we started running our own business, we never knew how much creativity and how much of an artistic flair that we require in terms of like doing, you know, really, really simple things like, okay, I say simple, but maybe it, it hasn't been that simple, but even like just running your social media pages, doing it like Suba was saying, like in marketing process, like how do you want to market yourself? How do you envision yourself being received by the outside world? There's so many things that nobody teaches you, you sort of have to like figure it all out on your own. So I think it's something that we do want to highlight that the 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 aesthetic aspect of it is like, like super said, an extension of, you know, your knowledge, your skills that you acquire from the NHS, but also you'll be, it'll be a really exciting time because you're learning new uh, skills in terms of running a business, new knowledge, um, and ultimately it's your own little baby. So it, it will feel really different.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, like you mentioned two really important things there you've got the well we talked about creativity but also the marketing is yeah <laughs> like a big thing without marketing you'll be the world's greatest secret or your business or your product will be the world's greatest secret therefore no one will come and buy and yes. therefore you won't have a business <laughs> right yes. so yeah yes. so that's why it's so important that this is why your product safe app is 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 such an essential tool because one of the things that I've noticed I mean you know aesthetics has been around since as long as I've been alive as far well as I know and that being a popular thing for doctors like do go and do a course for a day or two and then get started mm-hmm. but I don't see that many doctors getting started so what do you think are the main challenges? And we've talked about some of them, like, as in realising, yes, it's a business and it requires some work to get started. Um, but what other challenges do you think doctors face when it comes to actually yeah, getting started post doing a course?
0: So I would say like the main challenges would be one would be starting a business itself, because I know a few people who have come up to me who are interested in the aesthetic industry. Um, and then, as soon as they they realize that oh no, it's actually starting your own business, that that kind of puts a halt to them continuing and continuing on this path, which is kind mm-hmm. of sad, really, because you spend a lot of money on on your training and on your courses, especially the good courses that are out there. Um, and the second thing I feel like people give up a little bit too early when they don't get uh, patients quickly through the door. So one thing that we have learned is that um, patients they take time to actually trust their practitioners, even with our app. Um, people go browse their practitioner and it takes them maybe once, more than like once or twice for them to actually see that practitioner to then go back to them and to kind of choose them or pick them. And then there's a lot of things that you also have to do. Like you have to sell yourself, which I feel like in the NHS, we, we don't really know how to sell ourselves. So, like, writing a good profile, um, actually telling people that, you know what, I am qualified, I'm 10 years into uh, being a doctor, I have the skills, like, I feel like we, we don't know how to sell ourselves. So, in our app, I would say that would be one of the major challenges that we see, that doctors are yeah. un- 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 not really able to... I have you been, like, working?
1: following our masterclasses? We've literally, like, talked through the names <laughs> of, like, most of our masterclasses in our incubator, actually. <laughs> So learning how to sell yourself as like number one masterclass yes.
2: um,
1: yeah because because of that exact same issue that and you just described it head on you know you, again you could be the world's, the world's best aesthetic practitioner but if you can't articulate why and how then no one's going to be able to buy from you and you won't have a business <laughs> that's exactly. true I think
2: I you just like... need to package yourself in the right way that people see you in the right light because like you said, you could be the world's best injector and, and yet some people just don't even know some of the good ones out there.
0: I mean, I, I think it's all our... It's the way we've been trained or... I, I, I'm not sure because I feel like I have that issue too. So I can't sell myself personally, but I can talk a lot about swimming. Like I can sell swimming because I know what her accomplishments it's great are. you got each other then. then... Yeah, it's fine because I, I can sell swimming you... as
1: well. So... <laughs>
0: <laughs> but I think like that would be one of the major like processes going forward. Like people forget that, you know, I understand you're a great doctor in the NHS, but coming outside of the NHS into aesthetics, people don't know who you are. Mm-hmm. So yeah, actually mm-hmm. portraying who yourself um out there on your marketing platform. So if we take our app, for example, it's a perfect way to sell yourself. We've got a little bit about you. Um, what exactly you have done so you can actually put your before and after pictures which be, would be a great way of showing people your skill set which I find mm-hmm. like doctors sometimes shy, yeah, shy away from it and ratings and reviews like when people talk great about you you should be happy and like be posting it all over but I, I feel like that those are one of the major like major setbacks when it comes to aesthetics I would say. Yeah so
2: I I basically I I, what I want to say is that just because some people are really good on social media and they're very like big characters on social media doesn't mean that that's how you should be as well I feel like it's really important to highlight how you are as a person as well as being an injector because ultimately not everybody's going to be the same not everybody's going to be like really big characters on social media talking loads doing loads of videos and stuff like you could be not doing as many reels and like funny reels, whereas like you could be focusing more on your work. Whereas some people they 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 sort of sort of shy away from putting before after photos and they focus more on like posting funny videos, you know, like remix of reels and stuff like that. That's how some people get their names out there. So I think it's really important that you also decide how you want to be portrayed to the outside world before you get on and do it. Because a lot of it is going to be trial and error.
1: And like, where, where do you where do you start from? Because I think again, this is part of the creative process. A lot of docs are like, "Why? Well, I, I don't know what I want, how I want to be represented. I've got no idea." Like, where where do they start?
0: I think that's also an evolving process. Like, um, it's kind of like growing up, and your business is also growing up. You know, when you're a kid, you're in in, in, a, in a different identity, and then soon when you become an adult, but well, an adolescent, and then an adult, your your identity keeps changing. But your baseline of your personality or who you are as a person is the same. so I guess it's, it's kind of same with your business. As a little baby you would you would find like you know what I'm only comfortable in doing this certain like maybe let's just say like a procedure or a certain way I want to or certain patients that I, I feel comfortable um, treating. So I guess you have to see within yourself what you're comfortable doing and then you will slowly adapt into into your own business as it matures. I would say so yeah I, I guess start with what you want and how you feel like you can achieve because in the end it's 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 yes it's it's prof- profits and money but it's also a little bit of your business and it, it's something that you have built which is which will your be little the best baby. part of it I would say
1: <laughs> yeah of course because actually you, you've got me thinking because I mean in the aesthetics industry it is about appearances. It's all about appearances mm-hmm. and improving your appearances, usually the face. I know you can do it in other parts of the body. But as doctors, we generally tend to be perfectionists in what we do. And that also translates to the whole getting started element. So, make it, like, for example, you know, with this incubator we run, the Doctors in Industry Incubator, which is this program that gets doctors into industry faster um we find that a lot of doctors especially at the beginning of their journey really want to say well i'll I'll launch my business once i get the website started and this is all ready to go and the office is paid for and we've got this chair ready and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. every all the ducks have to be lined up um perfectly for them to then put the even we have we had someone who recently was like once i've got everything ready then I'll start to market what I'm doing, but I can't start marketing before the doors are open. I'm like, no, you start marketing before you spend a penny on any of that stuff. <laughs> so like, what what are your thoughts in helping doctors to kind of overcome the everything needs to be perfect before I start marketing myself on this platform? Like, what kind of advice do you give?
0: I'll let Seeming take this one because I think I sometimes <laughs> have that mindset and Seeming knocks mindset. it right out of me. I'm always, I always <laughs> have to coach
1: myself out that mindset. So now I, I'm always like market first approach because then when yeah. you market and, it, and no one buys, it's like, great, I'm not having wasted all my time trying to
2: build something that no one wants. <clears throat> I think um, when you're venturing outside medicine, your mindset and mentality has to shift. Like you have to go in with an open mind And what that means is to learn from other people who are in different industries, who are in different businesses, not necessarily just aesthetics. I'm just talking business in general or even just like venturing into something outside medicine in general. Because unless you have an open mind and willing to learn from other people and see how other people have gone through certain things, have gained certain experiences. Sometimes you don't have to make the mistakes on your own. Sometimes it's really good if you're learning from other people's experiences and other people's mistakes. And I would say that that's really key because when we first started, um, there was some stumbling, but we were also very open to like hearing from other people's experience. So we did a little bit of stumbling and a little bit of like learning from other people's experiences in terms of like, okay, this is what they've done and it's sort of yielded up pretty good results. So we should really bear that in mind. So sometimes we are resistant to change because naturally we, 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 we seek, we go back to what's comfortable for us and that's really normal. But sometimes I do think that you just need to bite the bullet and venture outside your comfort zone because otherwise you're never gonna see new results, new changes, if you're always sticking to the new, the same things that you're doing or have been doing.
0: Absolutely absolutely yeah. i think also i'm not sure whether it's just us because i think the f- the fear of failing was one of my major my major um issues and i think i i am very glad that i'm doing this with Suming because um like you know what we're learning from this mistake you know a fear fail- yeah, it doesn't fear matter if, you, there, so. if
2: yeah it doesn't matter if there are some mistakes that are made along the way as long as we learn from it and I think that's the most important thing, like you just have to make sure that the mistakes hasn't gone to waste, like you've gained something from it. Yeah. yeah. But I do think so that just a lot of, this. yeah, so I do think that, that a lot of doctors going into it probably have an element of imposter syndrome because like you say, we're all sort of like borderline perfectionists. And as a result of that, like we all have an element of imposter syndrome. It's just that sometimes you just have to like shut it down and like turn it down. <laughs> yeah
1: yeah I, I I'm not sure if I completely agree actually because imposter syndrome is there for a reason and I think it does yeah. it does have a purpose in the sense that it does keep you grounded mm-hmm. and it does help you to reflect on yeah. why you're doing something but it is like how do you manage your imposter syndrome
0: and yeah. the most
1: important thing is make sure it doesn't hold you back because yeah. Yeah. yeah a lot of people do suffer from that kind of oh I can't possibly and actually don't do anything. Or, you know, and and that that is the worst thing possible. But it's more like sit with it. Everyone has Mm -hmm. it. That person who like looks like they're high flying and enjoying life and, like, with no effort whatsoever, that's not completely true. They've just managed their imposter syndrome and
0: they're
1: they're going ahead with life. So, uh,
2: So, yeah. Yeah, which is why I do think that to a certain degree you just have to soften it in your head (laughs) like if that's becoming really loud (laughs) Mm. and overpowering you just have to soften it because otherwise you would never venture out of your comfort zone because you're always too afraid of failing and you always convince yourself like okay if i don't do anything then i won't fail but then you also don't move forward
0: i also last thing with that i also think like one of the things that my personal um issue is and again thanks to see is that if I fail once, I'm like, Oh no, does that mean I'm not good enough for this? Like that, that's my mindset. So like, because of like, humans, there, you know, like having a co-founder, having someone that's going through the same thing. So let's just say if you're going through an aesthetic business and you are afraid to start on your own you can always find a buddy that's interested in it because a lot of people are interested in aesthetics so Mm -hmm. if you find a a a friend or a colleague who's interested in aesthetics maybe think of open opening an aesthetic business together because having that second person there and building you up like when you are down is is very important because it makes you keep going through it anyway like yeah yeah. or even just that's the thing i would say
2: Yeah. Or even just seeking out um, someone who probably is a few steps ahead of you, who is able to provide some sort of like mentorship. Yeah, that's really important, too. Yeah. Like fear of failure
1: or learning from mistakes and like knowing that actually there'll be loads of mistakes, more mistakes you make. It just proves that you've been doing something compared to people that just don't do yeah. anything. Um, so, and and the closer you'll get to like what is meant to be for you, right? And mm-hmm. so, the quicker yeah. you do that, the better, right? So, yeah. Um, yeah, I think these are all really, really valuable points. And I guess the far the last the last point really is what we came here to talk about, which was side hustle versus lucrative career. So. I mean, obviously, most doctors, when they start in aesthetics, it's kind of they dip their toe in the water, et cetera, et cetera. What, which kind of doctors really can thrive in aesthetics as a full-time endeavor, and and why should they consider doing that?
0: I think those that ho- who are really going to put the time and effort into starting a business. Like I said, um, it's great as a side hustle, like um, doing it once or twice a week with with patients just to get that extra income, it is doable. Um, but I think you really have to invest time and money um, and mostly time, I would say, into starting it full time. So yeah. if you are looking in exploring careers like outside of NHS, that's still clinical, I would say, with the touch of starting a business, that that would be perfect for you um, if you're interested in it. Uh, but you have to understand that it, it's, it is also not the NHS. It is a little bit of um it's also a little bit of the beauty industry mixed with a medical industry, but mostly a medical industry. That that's the one thing I would say.
2: And I think um, um it's also really important to do it if you are interested in aesthetics and skin health. Because I think sometimes people think, Oh, you know, it's like a lucrative side hustle, maybe I should go into it. And a, they might not necessarily have the sort of like creative skill set that comes with doing non-surgical aesthetic treatments. But also secondly, they might not necessarily be that interested in the industry anyway. And they're just thinking, oh, it might be like a bit of easy money. Because ultimately I think it does it does reflect in your it does reflect in, in the work that you do. And if you feel that way about aesthetics, like it does Reflect in your work, and you might not necessarily want that.
1: Yeah, I, I think you both have really highlighted the importance of self-reflection. Actually, in that whole process, uh, another thing and mindset and mindset shifts in order to really achieve, um, a, well, you know, lucrative career. At the, the end of the day, lucrative means a you know, great, great money potential. But it doesn't happen without really knowing what levers to pull and to push. Yeah. Um, what your skills gap is it isn't necessarily the, te- the te- technical ones. It could many, many a time it's the mindset mm. ones. Um, it's the what they used to call this sort or of what we sometimes call the soft skills that can really yeah. make a difference into how you grow your business. And a yeah. lot of it actually is, is just self-belief. Yeah. Um, you wonder why narciss- narcissists do so well. <laughs> this is one of the reasons <laughs> <True>. why.
2: <laughs> yeah. But, but, but it's, also, it's, it's true. It, yeah. Yeah, and also working under pressure. Um, because when you're working on your own, say when you're injecting, like you you don't inject with other people. So ultimately even if you run a business as a team, like when you're injecting you, you are responsible for your own patients and that comes with a lot of the stress. Because in the NHS, you sort of um, have this understanding that they're not private patients and therefore you're you're a bit more protected from dealing with the um, expectations, I would say, of the patients because say you are a junior doctor, then you have more senior people on your team, you have ultimately your consultant who has the overarching responsibility for these patients. But when you're in aesthetics, you are responsible for that patient, whatever you say to them, that's your advice given to them. So you have to be accountable for everything that you've said and also everything mm-hmm. that you've done for those patients. And that, for some people, can be um, really stressful.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, it, it is. I think it's a different level of stress. Um, than it is like when you're working in the NHS and people worry about indemnity, for example. Yeah. Especially when you don't really have a boss or someone else to call on. You've got colleagues, you don't actually have a boss. You are the boss, right? And and just, again, getting into that mindset, you've got full responsibility for this person can be really, really scary. Especially at the beginning, but obviously it comes with everything it comes with practice. But um, yeah. thank you both for coming on this podcast. And for people who are thank interested in Thank you so fat, much for having us. Or more importantly, like finding out more about both of you and your exciting journey as you grow your businesses, how can they reach out to you?
0: So we're available on our Instagram. Our handle is there underscore safe app. Um, and you can, are you visit sure us our- you should have seen her face when she said that. Sorry.
1: Say that again.
0: <laughs> <laughs> See, wait, maybe you tell what is our Instagram handle?
2: The underscore safe app, that's correct.
0: Okay. <laughs> uh, so I guess so you maybe, can visit yeah. us on our Instagram which is the underscore safe app. Our website is also available which is www.safeapp.co.uk and our app you can download it on both the Google Play Store and Apple Store. Are you Apple. sure?
2: Yeah. <laughs> google play and app store <laughs>
0: okay you and where can we download ceiling where can we download our app go um, you can, <laughs> you can, also can. Download. Where can you download your app
2: um
0: if so you're sad. a clinician can I get
2: it if you're a clinician uh, or healthcare professionals interested in using our platform safe at partner is our clinic software available to all healthcare practitioners who are doctors dentists and nurses you can download us um, on the app store and also google play
1: nice Ming. Oh, nice <laughs> <laughs> all right ladies thank you so much for your time and i'm sure that we'll touch base again on some other topical issues awesome
0: thank, thank you so you much. Very much i had so
1: much fun bye <laughs>